Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. My name is Brielle Jekyll, the managing editor here, and today we are discussing the concept of route optimization with Greg Price, who is the CEO of Shipwell. Today, there is so much more to fleet management than simply just planning routes. There's technology behind the strategy that can really create true efficiencies in the supply chain, especially in routes. So I dive into that concept to learn a little bit more. So let's link into that conversation now. everyone. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I am here with Greg Price, who is the CEO and co-founder of Shipwell. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for coming on with me today. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. So I'm interested in speaking with you today because I know you are all about on the road stuff. I mean, Shipwell is huge in, in routing and things like that. And I'm interested to know about route opt- optimization. So Can you just give us a little rundown of why route optimization is so important when it comes to on-the-road logistics? Of course, yeah. Happy to dig in here. Route optimization is incredibly important uh, because it fundamentally is a requirement now in in this day and age um, to actually run an efficient fleet. It depends on what type of fleet you're running. Is it a last mile, middle mile fleet? But we've seen a tremendous number of advances depending on the market that we serve. Um, Namely, consumer demands have really changed the technology usage uh, and vice versa, making that organization shift towards B2C model. So vehicle routing and scheduling or VRS, you can call it last mile optimization, which is bringing heavy, hard to handle things to you or even parcel automation to you at your door. That's fundamentally changed a lot of route optimization for the last mile. And, and that could be the, using that, that sort of software could be night or day, whether you're making $7 per box or you're making, you know, your cost is $11 per box, something like that. Um, interestingly enough, um, in, in this day and age, carbon emissions and sustainability is also playing a huge role in people's usage of um, of fleet optimization or route optimization software and and technologies. So all of these things are coming together. Um, it's a really interesting time for for that for that segment. What are some trends happening in route optimization specifically? I know you touched on sustain, sustainability and stuff like that, but in terms of like the technology and how people are using it. There have been quite a few advances. The underlying math of the actual optimization is a form of a traveling salesman problem, which is a form of an empty hard problem. So the fundamental math isn't really changing. Uh, We have better computation, uh, more powerful machines to solve that empty hard problem. Uh, Empty hard problem means you can't solve it in linear time. Um, It's non-deterministic polynomial time problem, which means um, that as, as the number of stops and the number of orders gets bigger, that problem becomes intractable. So the fundamental math isn't changing. We haven't really solved, you know, the traveling salesman problem. 
But what is changing are the requirements of what that software does due to consumer demand and going into your home. So a lot of companies are now, um, because we have so many things going direct to consumer, are now investing in, in route optimization, fleet planning software. And you're going to see many vendors are starting to offer more consumer-focused capabilities in their their software. So uh, imagine that you've got to go, you've got to run a fleet that's in New York. That's going to be completely different than the fleet that you run in a large, you know, sprawling city like Houston, for example. So you see, you see software vendors starting to incorporate you know, different use cases to, to handle those different environments. Um, and then people are now demanding sustainability initiatives inside the software, meaning they want to know what their carbon footprint is. They want to know exactly how much fuel they're spending and what this, what this is going to do, because optimizing for minimal distance will fundamentally change how much carbon emission you have. That could be a completely different optimization problem than maximizing the number of deliveries that you do, you know, per stop uh, of the vehicle. So different considerations, but many different developments in that space. I can't imagine having to deal with, you know, the differences between an urban environment and a rural environment in terms of fleet management. Like I can't, that must be such a daunting task to have to switch back and forth. Well, what's interesting, uh, Shipwell handles a lot of final mile. We have one of the largest final mile networks. And so interestingly for us, um, when you're when you're doing this, uh, people want to know more about the locations that they're going into. And there really isn't a good data set or good solution out there in market to say, hey, when you get there, you're going to have to go up 17 stairs, go through a door frame 36 inches wide and, you know, eight feet tall and then turn this big object and go this way. So you're seeing some more of the, it's going to take you approximately 56 minutes to do that stop versus, you know, go to these other locations. So you're going to start to see more and more of uh, location specific information on taking objects over threshold in, in different areas, that data coming into these products. And you're going to see more sustainability initiatives. Um, what's interesting enough, I found it very interesting that Google recently moved into um, fleet and route, uh, route optimization. For a long time, it was strictly consumer and in the, in the car. And they just recently uh, released, you know, a optimization for, for fleets because they see the need there. Um, according to Allied Marketing Research, um, just the global route optimization net, our market is going to expect it to grow from around 4 billion in 2020 to approximately 16 billion by, by 2030. So, um, these, you know, same math problems solving these problems, but different packages and different ways that they consume it. Um, I mean, look at you. I imagine you order groceries and you order all of these things from your house. All of that um, has to go through some sort of optimization um, to, to actually get to you. I think in every podcast episode, I, I always end up talking about the difference from logistics and, and the supply chain being on the back end and then becoming the forefront and what everyone's interested in. And it's been very interesting to see companies like Google and um, even publications start to focus on supply chain specifically and invent software for the supply chain and yeah, focus on things like route optimization. 
Yeah, it's Shipwell. When I started this company over five and a half, six years ago, we knew that supply chain was going to become a competitive advantage for folks and it was going to be part of the brand experience. And that was one of the things that we wanted to solve with Shipwell was this simple, easy to use a connected platform that connects to all of your different parties in your supply chain, uh, provides you the re relevant tools to execute and trade with them, and then provides you the ability to source and find capacity in one place. And now we've built this foundational platform. Uh, we now have incorporated many other things that customers have really looked for. So when we do, we, we separate route planning from route optimization. Planning is kind of, um, it's the hallmark of an older, more manual system. We're going to run these static routes, those sort of thing. Route optimization is is only truly possible with you know with an in-house technology that allows you to take in real-time information and then use that information to build an optimal path. So, for example, many different solutions um, use something called service time or dwell time out of stock. And historically, that's done by just an average. Uh, one of the things that we realized at Shipwell is that that drastically varies depending on the different businesses and locations that you go in. So can we pull in that real-time information and give our customers a much better solution than they would otherwise need to build a better plan and, and route? And then um, as these systems are becoming more connected and online, things like real-time data becomes really important too. So things like weather or even uh, traffic will impact how your fleet is operating. So that's some of the things that we do at Shipwell to build these you know, optimal routes for a lot of our customers and really help them drive down costs and a lot of their CO2 emissions. So super, super exciting time. Yeah, my next question was gonna be, what's the difference between route planning and optimization? But you kind of touched on it right there. Would you say that in the core of it, it would be data? Root optimization. Is well, planning is like we're going to we have these typical lanes and these typical routes and we're going to set it and forget it. Right. And that's that's what they're going to do. What I think of route optimization is more using real time information and adapting because we're in an environment that changes all the time. Right. Imagine you're an e-commerce player and you're going to many different in consumer homes. A lot of times, as I mentioned, the consumer experience is part of that. So what people really want is they want to know when something is going to be there, right? If they need to be there to open the door or they need to sign for it. And so they want real-time information on when you're going to be there. A lot of players still haven't adopted that experience, but I guarantee you know that when you see that experience as a consumer, you, you like that experience. It gives you information uh, to, to receive those goods in real time and then be there when you need to be there and not be there when you don't need to be there. So uh, I kind of liken route planning to that older way. Hey, we're on this route. You know, we go to the postal mailbox and we drop off stuff there. When I think of route optimization and really, you know, that fleet optimization, it's incorporating those real time events that are now going to come in um, and really enhance the consumer's experience with that brand. Uh, you'll, I imagine that when you buy something, you're probably going to remember the experience that you had with that brand um, and that delivery experience and then associate that with that brand. Because if something takes a week to get there, you're going to be like, I'm going to go find it somewhere faster. Or if you have a really negative experience, like it shows up damaged or broken, or you don't even know when it's where it is, 
you're going to remember that. So that, those are some of the things that people care about. And that's some of the things that ShipWell solves today. Absolutely. I think one of the reasons why the supply chain is, is so invisible today, so in front of consumer spaces and you know CEO spaces, is because there are issues in the supply chain. So now, you know, we're realizing things need are are happening. Things need to be, you know, we need to look at data because consumers, when they get their stuff late or their shortages and they can't get what they want, they're gonna think about the brand. They don't think about the the logistics companies or the sourcing companies behind it. Yeah, I, I don't think consumer, Amazon did such a great job at, at basically making consumers believe that fast free shipping exists. And there is no such thing as, as free. Amazon just rolls it into either your membership or into their cost of goods. So, but what that psychology has done is really made it where other people have to react, other retailers and other companies have to react to provide that level of capability to our end consumers. So they're not going to accept something that's two or three weeks away. And if they do, it'll be super damaging to your brand. I mean, we've seen big companies like Peloton who have come out that said, hey, we understand that we have supply chain issues and we're going to spend over $100 million to try to go fix these. And what that really meant was that we're going to go spend $100 million to air freight things to you because we didn't, you know, we didn't have the right tools to have visibility to get something to you where you can get a bike in two days. But this is, this is why Amazon is really focused on that one consumer advantage and then masking the cost of that so consumers think it's free. Um, but that's now the experience that we're in. But the companies, they're left holding that. How do we build an optimal solution for our customers to get out there so that we can offer fast, free shipping? And fleet and route planning is definitely one of those solutions that's going to need to be in their tool bag. So you mentioned you know, the, sh the shortages in the supply chain for Peloton and things like that, but other factors that go into shipping things and, and getting goods out are, are things like gas prices today. You know, we are seeing that skyrocket, the prices of gas prices skyrocket. And so does that make companies kind of flock more towards route optimization when things like that happen in a short time frame? Well, shippers look at this more holistically. You know, where are we having gaps in our supply chain? So it could be in route optimization, but it could be further up in the supply chain, right? It could be with our their suppliers and their vendors. Uh, typically, retailers and consumers have super complicated supply chains, right? But if we simplify those concepts, you have goods that get manufactured overseas. They come over slow boat and they go to a port. They go from a port into a distribution center or a node in someone's, you know, in, in the industry parlance. And then when people need to fulfill an order, they're looking for which node do they fulfill from to get it to you as fastly, as fast and cheaply as possible. And uh, no one really has a, a bird's eye view of their entire supply chain, complete visibility in order to properly put things where they need to go or identify disruptions when they're happening, or even before they happened. And that's going to be the new world that we live in. Um, a company like Dell, for example, they will, they, they will look at things like political instability to know if their peripheral business is going to um, 
be impacted because that's how tight some of those shipping pipelines and inventory levels are across their supply chain. So it really just depends on the problem that you're trying to solve. For many companies, they've adopted some level of these solutions, but you're going to see more solutions come in when they know that their experience is impacted by the customer or when their brand is impacted by the customer experience. So they're going to adopt a lot of those. And then with this with this push for, for more sustainability, they're going to adapt tools that give them that real-time feedback to how many what carbon emissions are you using. And then they're going to adapt their supply chain, ideally in a world that they can minimize their carbon emissions, but also minimize the cost of moving goods around. When it comes to the driver shortage, does that affect route planning at all? I mean, optimization at all? Well, you know, people. A lot of people say that we've had a driver shortage. Really, we we it, it's kind of a misnomer in the space. Um, we've had a sixty thousand driver shortage since two thousand eight, and that's been called around for many years. What we really had is it's a supply and demand market. It's really built on how much are we paying drivers. And over the past um, two, two and a half years with the run-ups of rates, it's been a very good environment for drivers to come into the market. So we've seen more CDLs, more drivers created than ever over the last two years. Now we're in this somewhat deflationary environment where supply and demand are becoming more balanced. So I don't I think big fleets are going to use you know, their route optimization to you know, there some of the inputs into that are going to be here's how many power units we have, here's how many trailers we have, here's you know the sket optimal schedules, and they're going to look to continually shift those networks to go where the demand is, and they're going to shift their driver schedules to go where that demand is. I think we might see some disruption there, um, just because uh, being a truck driver is hard. You're away from home. Um, you're on the road 24-7. You're not with your family. So many of them are now designing routes where, where uh, drivers can be home more often than not, or they can daisy chain, or they can drop and or which is really called drop and hooking at different locations so that their drivers spend more time at home and it's a more sustainable job for them. So I don't necessarily think it's a driver shortage per se. I think it's more of supply and demand are now becoming more in equilibrium. And what that's going to do is it's going to shift, it's going to shift the, the, the demand network where you need to move goods. And in turn, that's going to shift where people put their schedule and their routes. Well, that's all the questions I have for today, but I, I, I love your insight on things. I think it's a it's a new world with all this data that we have. So it's it's great to see new innovations taking place, like the stuff that you guys got going on and, and more route optimization stuff. Yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been an incredible environment uh, to be a supply chain technology business. More than anything, uh, we, we had this vision of people have a, we wanted to democratize getting amazing at shipping, you know, and having complete visibility, connection to capacity, and really helped to automate a lot of those cool workflows, you know, with a platform like Shipwell. So it's been an incredible time. And I believe that we're still in early innings here. Uh, supply chain is going through a renaissance right now. It's going through a digital renaissance. And you're going to see companies like Shipwell come to the forefront to really enable people to get to maximize their, um, their investment and really make their supply chains more efficient. So we're super pumped to be here.
Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Renaissance is, is a great way to describe it. Well, thank you so much again. It was great speaking with you and I, I hope to connect in the future. Of course, please do. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by a food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Riel for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple and Google playlist app so you never miss an episode.